The emotions of grief are accentuated and sometimes can even surprise us when we feel things that we didn't experience before. The one moment in time that takes us from normal life to the grief life is short, but the emotions we are left with last a lifetime. It's important to know what's normal, what to do with those emotions, and how to use them to build gratitude later. In this episode, we're going to talk about being envious or jealous of those who aren't going through hard times or grief and what you can do about it. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in the house and join me on that couch. As we get started, there's a distinction between envy and jealousy. But for the purposes of this episode, I'll use them interchangeably because the distinction has no bearing on your experience. A co-worker of mine was married, but not happily, and had a stable job at the hospital, which she didn't like, and in general, she didn't love her life. After Monica died, I was actually envious of her, a person who wasn't even happy. I was jealous that she didn't have to feel what I felt. I was angry that she didn't carry the heaviness of grief. I was jealous that her future was still intact and mine had blown up. I resented the fact that she woke up and simply got ready for work when I had to fight to get out of bed, talk myself into the importance of keeping my job, work hard to take a shower, and dry my hair while telling myself to stop crying so I wouldn't look like I had been crying. (laughs) I had full day's work before I even got to the parking lot and here she was taking her life for granted. I was jealous of everyone I ran into who didn't seem as sad as I was. In the grocery store, I was mad when I saw people laughing and debating each other on which item to buy. When I returned to church, I saw people raising their hands in praise and I resented that they had something to praise God for. I wanted to have a carefree life again. I didn't want those memories of taking care of Monica as she couldn't breathe or move to flash through my mind daily. I wanted to laugh at stupid jokes and not hear people talking about superficial stuff without turning it into the Charlie Brown teachers. Wah, 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 wah. (laughs) And then my mind would go to, how does it make sense that there are murderers and sociopaths who live forever, yet a godly woman is taken before her 50th birthday? Why do bad things happen to good people? One question leads to another, which leads to another, and those questions can easily take you down rabbit holes 
that are much harder to come out of. The loss is not just the loss of your person. It's the loss of everything from good times and past memories to future plans and celebrations. It's guilt about the tiniest injustice that you didn't apologize for and hadn't thought about in years. You've also lost a part of yourself, your role, and your identity. It's sadness and it's anger, and that turns into these other feelings of envy and jealousy. You honestly don't want what the other person has per se. You just want to have what you lost. It's important to understand that feeling envious or jealous, however you want to define that, is normal. You've just lost your best friend, your spouse, your mom or your dad, your sister or your brother, your go-to person. Don't beat yourself up and think about this. It would be abnormal not to have a reaction of that loss when seeing others who still have what was taken from you. Seeing them live their easy life feels like a spotlight on your loss. Now, the first time these feelings come, it's shocking because you might not have experienced it before. And the fact that you don't like that feeling already says what kind of person you are. So what do you do when you have these feelings? These five things will help you. Number one, know that these are normal and don't work hard to suppress them. They are feelings, emotions. They're not your character. So don't doubt yourself or your intentions. Number two, if they start taking over a lot of your thoughts, then make an effort to redirect your attention to something else. Remember, what you feed grows. What you spend your time thinking about will get bigger and bigger. Number three, you can't avoid every situation, but in the beginning of your grief journey, try to stay away from situations that have the potential to bring these feelings up. Number four, limit or leave social media if it increases these feelings. And if you are focused on one person and maybe you are even stalking them a little bit, then it might be time to get help. Number five, lastly, but most importantly, pray about this and ask God to bring your mind to those things that are good and those things that you want to have growing big in your life. What you are going through right now, even though you may not be able to wrap your mind around this yet, is a part of your testimony. It will change you for the better if you let it. It will add depth to your character. It'll decrease the judgment of others because you're going to understand that the smile on people's faces could be masking a deep pain. And you will empathize with others in a way you never could have before. Would I trade all these virtuous traits for Monica to not have died? Of course, but I wasn't given that choice. The verse of the week is Psalm 139, 13 through 16. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. What these verses say to me 
is that God created you, specifically you, and knew you before you were born. He had plans for you then and still has plans for you now. He knew how losing your loved one would affect you. He counts your tears, and if you are anything like I was, that by itself could be a full-time job. (laughs) But the point here is that what God has for you is for you and you alone. Right now, it's harder to see that, but remember that what somebody else has does not affect your journey in the least. His plans for you include the very best, and because you are in pain and others are outliving their best lives, that doesn't negate what your future holds. You don't control the outcome, but what you do control is your next step. Don't forget that time itself won't heal all wounds. If it did, then we could all lay in the bed for a year or two and then rise victorious. The journey from grief to healing is not without work. It took me over two years to watch movies that had happy endings. because it made me angry that happy endings existed for everybody but me. Just wasn't my reality at the time. In life, you are either walking into a storm, living in the middle of a storm, or coming out of a storm. I've come out of one of the greatest storms, changed, more grateful, more loving, less worried about the little things, and I'm enjoying life right now. If you had seen me in the beginning days of my grief, you would not have thought that would be possible because I didn't. But God, God will see you through this and you will again celebrate others' victories and you'll be happy for them when they have a celebration and you'll be able to celebrate yours too. And don't worry, it does not mean you've moved on without your loved one. It means you've moved on with them. Your journey works for this week. Number one, if you are experiencing feelings of envy or jealousy, just look at the situation. What was the situation that made you feel that way? Are you stalking them on Facebook? If so, get off of Facebook, except for our group, of course, and put your thoughts on something else, a devotional, a book, go for a walk. Remember what you feed grows. Number two, get a piece of paper and in really big letters, write the following four words. What you feed grows. Post it somewhere you see it many times during the day. Number three, don't forget, pray, read, and rise. Come on in and join us in the Grief Group for Christian Women's Facebook community. And if you don't have a church home, visit mychurchopendoorchurch.com. Links to both the Facebook group and Open Door Church are in the show notes. In the meantime, remember who holds your future. And keep coming back to the house, keep sitting on the couch, and keep taking steps, however small, toward your healing. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, 
and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.